Dice Roll. Brought to you today by Duct Tape. It's Duct Tape. We don't need to tell you why. It's amazing. It fixes everything. Duct Tape. Previously on Cautious Optimism. You say you have a ship? You need to deliver them to the the Crooked Comet restaurant? A man named Oscar Toft. Are you members of the guild? You have heard of a Hollers Guild. What you see inside is that while everything else is supposed to be vegetables and fruits, this looks like it's full of vials filled with liquid, and they each have a little needle. It is a recreational drug. The avians feel like it allows them to make a deep spiritual connection to their gods and receive wisdom from beyond. You find a a small uh, circular disc. You see a little holographic image of Uncle Peter's face, and he says, Rory, Rory, listen to me. Listen to me. It's all, it's all, I'm in a lot of trouble. I'm in a lot of trouble. You got to help me. I'm not dead. Hello, Cautious Optimism. Aurora Borealis Shand. A human woman. I'm not interested in, in selling this ship. She has a huge smile on her face. She was, she's very important to me. Hank Crawford. Engineers. Bad news, good news. Uh, bad news, fuel leak. Coming and going from the spaceport. Good news, I found duct tape. Kyan Brunt. A mature. I am a doctor. A nine foot tall, four armed creature. I don't care if they call me, hey, you, just let me do my job. Rico. Humanoid. I'm observing you. Cat person. It's for science. Toss. A slimy, gelatinous... Mm, what are you hauling? Goo... thing. Thank you, Cautious Optimism. Welcome to the station. Hello! Welcome to another episode of As the Dice Roll, a podcast where we play GURPS, tabletop role-playing game. It's like Dungeons and Dragons, except completely different. And it takes place in outer space, and we've got spaceships and weird aliens, and a bunch of cool people. My name is Todd. I'm one of the cool people, I guess. I'm Todd. I'm from the Nerdberg Review Podcast. I'm one of the co-hosts there. I'm going to be the GM today, and I'm here with Kelly. Hi, um, I'm Kelly. I'm playing Captain Rory Shand, and I am uh, from the Mating Habits of the Modern Geek podcast. And we're here with Bama Shocks. Yes, I am Bama. I am a streamer. Woo-hoo. And I am a dungeon master for three different sessions that are under the banner of King of the Heel. King of the Heel, H-E-A-L. And we're here with uh, Joe. Hello, uh, I'm Joe Hogan, and I am one of the co-hosts of the Geekitude podcast. And when last we uh, left our heroes, 
uh, Rory, Rory Shand had inherited her spaceship uh, from her uncle Peter, and she had recruited Hank Crawford and Kyan Brun to kind of be her like crew on the ship. And they had acquired a, a job, and a ship seems relatively spaceworthy, and they were getting ready to go on their first adventure together. So the sun is starting to get low in the sky over Falcon Rock. You guys are on your ship. What do you want to do? Well, we um, discovered... And correct me if I'm wrong, but we discovered that the fruit and vegetables that we were taking up to the planet was not the only thing in the crates. That's true. And so uh, it's my memory that we decided to take the chance and uh, go ahead and smuggle things to a different planet. <laughs> so That's right. Specifically to the uh, orbiting space station. Space station, that's right. Falcon 1, space station orbiting Falcon Rock. You also discovered a, a recording that would seem to imply that the uncle you inherited your spaceship from is alive. Right. So that changes some things. Who was in the room when that when that recording went off, or when I was listening to that? Well, I know Kyun Brun. The uh, with his medical skills, he had been the one putting them in the uh, hidden cargo section, I believe, and discovered the uh, recording of Peter saying, hey, I'm alive, come save me. So I believe he was in the room because he had brought the recording to you. Now, I think Hank may have been doing maintenance in the ship, doing repairs. I believe that's correct. Yeah, I don't think Hank heard, necessarily. All right, and remind me, when with the uh, recording, did he give a location or, would, or did things break up before he gave a location? He did not give really any meaningful information. It was just a lot of, I'm alive. Oh, don't believe him. Oh, I need your help. Oh, oh no. Okay. Yeah, if he had been, I mean, if he had been in a good position to actually provide useful information, that would have been great. Right, right. But this is a, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope and look to the left. Exactly. exactly. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He sounded like he was under duress gotcha. when he made the recording. What's what's Kyan's reaction? Uh, I think he's kind of just looking at you to see what your reaction is. Because <laughs> that's, that's some pretty heavy stuff. Right. Do I... Because I'm, I'm good at piloting and I can fly the ship, but do I have any way... Is, does this recording fit into anywhere on the ship where I could possibly try to discover... When it was recorded, like, is there a timestamp or, like, a geolocation on it? Like, if you would look at an Instagram photos information, like, is there anything like that that's available to me at the console, the ship's console? Well, so that kind of, that would require some computer technology type uh, skills. The equipment on the ship isn't, you know, super advanced. Gotcha. And there's... But you'd need more than just the equipment. You'd also need somebody um, who knows how to do computer stuff. Hank might have some computer things. Just a few. So I, I put on the intercom. Hank, have you got a minute? Oh, yeah. Anyth anything, Captain. Where you need me? Come to the cockpit real quick. Please. And I put down whatever I'm working on and head to the cockpit. Can you take a look at this and potentially tell me when it was recorded or where it may have been recorded? 
and I toss him the disc or flash drive or whatever the data crystal, whatever in the heck it is. <laughs> I, I believe I described it as a, a round disc-like uh, contraption that had little little hologram of his face when you turned it on. Gotcha. I sense the first roll of the session coming up. I would like to investigate this disc. All right. So what what skill are you going to use? Hmm. Computer programming? Okay. It's probably the closest we're going to get to that. I mean, it's not perfect, but yeah, that uh, we can go with that. Now, I'm going to say, because the computer equipment you have, like, you can't just look at the disk itself. You'll have to plug it into the ship's computer to do it. And the ship's computer is not great, so I'm going to give you a minus four Ooh. for the poor equipment. Okay. Um, and I'm going to say another minus two because computer programming is not the exact right skill you'd want for examining this. I don't see one that I would have that would work. So, uh, Computer operation defaults to IQ minus four. Which is all, when, when, uh, so that'd be minus ten altogether. Is your IQ super good? Twelve. So that would be impossible, right? Because the way this works is you have to get under... So if you have 12 minus the 10, um, well, you know what, though? Because you wouldn't, if you use the computer operator, you wouldn't have the minus 2 I, I put on you for using the wrong skill. So that kind of balances out. So then it's only minus the 4 um, plus the minus 4 for IQ minus 4. So, okay, so it'd be, you would need 4 or less. There are literally two rolls I can make to get this. Yes. Oh my gosh, it's too early in the morning for all this math. I know. <laughs> it's a 10. Okay, so you plug it into the computer and you tap on the keyboard and uh, you're probably trying to make it look real good for your new captain, you know, impress your new boss, but you don't have the foggiest idea. Sorry, Captain, I uh, just don't see how I can make heads or tails of this. Well, I mean, you know, thanks for trying. This does put a, a strange spin on the fact that I technically am not really in possession of this ship yet. And my uncle's still alive, which is really good news. So just, hmm, we're going to have to, I'm going to have to do some, some research on this, but what, uh, what's the status of the ship as far as our, our flight up to the space station? I forget where we left off with that. I think we got it cobbled together. Hank had done a once-over of the ship, and uh, it was, I, I believe it was good enough to fly to the space station. <laughs> but no further. I mean, I think you could probably go further, but I think the way the question was asked was, can it get us to the space station? And Hank, you said, yep, it can do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Well, so I, I, I say uh, prepare for flight to the Space station. Aye, aye, Captain. And I do myself a pilot. Now, do you want me to roll for that, or do you assume that... Yeah. You do? Okay. I mean, after we've played this game for 100 hours, maybe, we'll be like, piloting is boring, let's just assume it works, but for the very first time, let's go ahead and roll for piloting. So I rolled an 8, and I have a level 14 in pilot. Okay. So you do an, an expert job getting the ship up off the ground and I imagine little landing legs retracting as the ship um, 
floats up into the sky on like repulsors and everything and uh, you go higher and higher into the sky the city of the city of wingspan on the planet falcon rock <laughs> below you gets smaller and smaller and the, the sky starts to turn black as you leave the atmosphere and uh, once you get up high enough you kick in the old space engines and uh, you start flying and I I have to imagine that this is just a wonderful moment for Rory right because you love piloting and you love space and everything oh oh so so I start panicking because I realize I'm, a, I'm taking off and we're heading to a new place and I just got this ship and I haven't named it yet oh so it's bad luck <laughs> so I, I turn on the intercom and say um I gotta name the ship <laughs> before we land at the space station <laughs> uh, I'm gonna name the ship uh, the cautious optimism <laughs> and, and wipe my brow in a few sort of moments of, I could have just destroyed the whole mission guys that was the tensest thing that's happened on the show yeah <laughs> way more way more tense than uh, than Hank almost dying <laughs> Hank blowing way up and having a heart attack precautious <sighs> optimism it's all about perspective. <laughs> I think we just got our campaign name. <laughs> oh my gosh. That works. I like it. All right. So you get the ship up into orbit and you uh, expertly work the controls. Now, this was your Uncle Peter's ship. So you've spent time on the ship before. You've probably, like, he probably lets you have a turn at the controls and everything, I would think, right? Yeah, no, I know how to fly this ship. I don't okay. necessarily know how to rebuild it, but I know how to fly it. <laughs> do you, I mean, do you imagine that Uncle Peter would have been the one who taught you how to fly, or? Yes. I would assume that, uh, given that he was not as straight of an arrow as my uh, cargo shipping parents, he would have been the one who would have let me fly without a pilot's license or any training and you know let me do donuts in a parking lot of space all right so this ship is super familiar to you you've flown it a bunch before so you you just expertly work the computer and everything and you pull up the uh, location of falcon one the orbiting space station you set a course um it's going to take about a half hour the stations on the other side of the planet so it's got to rotate around to you as you fly towards it and all that jazz so you've got a little bit of time to do anything is there anything anybody wants to do while you're en route kind's gonna go ahead and uh kind of set up like a little makeshift um med bay all right you know just kind of kind of give himself a little bit of workspace in case something happens like that's really you know, needs to be acted upon quickly. Now, the ship doesn't come with a proper med bay, but I imagine there's a lot of unused rooms that could have been for storage or what have you. So you can find yourself a space, and so you're just you're kind of tidying up and kind of setting it up to be your your doctor's area. Yeah, exactly. Do you, 
Do you guys still have the gurney that you stole from the hospital when Hank wasn't on his feet yet? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's okay. that is that is uh, that is a central point of this new uh, med bay. Is the gurney? <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that was a hover gurney, I believe. So, mm-hmm. in this uh, uh, rundown, beat up makeshift med center, you do have one high tech floating gurney in the middle of the room. Gives it a sense of professionalism. And I, th- I think it's like like he's positioned it under like a downlight so that <laughs> it's like highlighted in the middle of the room. There you go. I think that that one thing looks pretty good. <laughs> All right. Any anything else you guys want to do, or should we just uh, say you got to the station? I kind of feel like that you know during this time I should be exploring more of the engineering section of the ship and trying to find out. Where some of the band-aids might be that are going to need long-term fixes. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and make another roll. It's a weird thing playing a game where you don't have most of the skills and stuff memorized like I do with D&D by now. Right. Yeah. I mean, I have mechanic and engineer, electronics repair, you know. Yeah. Mechanic um, type low performance spacecraft. I think that's... Probably the way to go. I got a six, and I'm thinking. Okay. Level four would be twelve. So. Yeah, yeah. Your sheet says you're you got twelve. So yeah, you made it by six. Okay. Um. So you do a fantastic job of investigating the ship. You do have a lot of things that are going to need fixing at some point. Okay. Um. But nothing is really standing out as a red flag until you realize. Um, you hadn't noticed it before because the engines weren't engaged, but now that the uh, space engines, uh, hold on, we've got an actual name for them. Now that the four chloro engines have been engaged, you notice that the uh, fuel lines are leaking. So even though you had about half a tank of fuel, which was more than enough, it's draining a lot more quickly than it should be because you're, you're losing some to the leaks. Mm-mm. Do I have anything to repair this leak with? Well, there's a bunch of stuff on the ship, so let's. Uh, what kind of. What would be like a perception roll in GURPS? Well, I guess they have perception, yeah. Okay, so you've got a, a PER skill of 12. Okay. Make a, make a perception roll. Let's look around the ship. 11. Okay. Um, You're just about going to give up. You only made it by one. So you're just about to give up and say, oh, no. When you find a whole box filled with uh, duct tape. (laughs) Gift from the gods. (laughs) All right. Let's duct tape some fuel lines. Using that duct tape and the uh, the roll you made earlier for mechanic that you made by by six, which is a lot, I'm going to say that you've done a remarkably good job, considering you only had duct tape, um, getting the leaks all under control, and so it's not going to leak any more, at least during this trip. But this is obviously not a long term solution. Um, you're still at about a third of your fuel, which is more than enough to get to the space station and probably back again and everything. But yeah, you're going to need to buy fuel at some point. And 
uh, have a better solution for the leaks. I'm on it. Uh, over the intercoms. Uh, Captain. Go ahead. Bad news, good news. Uh, bad news, fuel leak. We are down uh, whew, an eighth of a tank of fuel. Good news, I found duct tape. Does the duct tape have Hello Kitty on it? I, I'm sorry, all we had was <laughs> Barney. Okay, good. I was saving the Hello Kitty. That's fine. Thank you. <laughs> we will have to get this fixed before we can embark on our next mission. Understood. Thank you, Hank. Anytime, Puddin'. <laughs> so, um, because I have the disadvantage of uh, Nosy, I'm going to go see what uh, Kyan is doing. Alright. I imagine you put the ship on, like, autopilot. I'm sure, yeah. It's on cruise yeah. control. <laughs> and you wander down to the uh, makeshift medical area. So I, I make a little knock on like the archway. Oh, uh, come on in. I, I, this gurney really does make it look like a med bay. Yeah, it's it's not much, but I figured we probably should have a space in case there's another emergency. Oh, you mean like um, our mechanic gets blown up and has a heart attack at the same time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that okay. would be that, that would be a, a thing that we should be able to react to a little bit quicker next time. Good. Ah, so I was wondering, do you uh, want us to refer to you as Doctor Kyan, or what is your medical nomenclature? Um, well, it it would be um, it would be Doctor Brun, but okay. Kyan's fine. I'm not that formal. I mean, I, getting people to take me seriously at this point is <laughs> is all I really care about. I don't care if they call me, "Hey, you, just let me do my job." Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I'll try to I'll try to remember that when we're around other people, I will refer to you as uh, Doctor to get the point across. I appreciate that. And I, I really do appreciate you giving me this opportunity. Um, I, I just really don't know where to start at this point. Nobody will, nobody will hire me. So uh, you're, you're doing me a, a really huge favor. Well, hopefully I'll be able to uh, give you a share of some profit at some point. But for right now, I've got a free doctor. So I'm pretty much winning in, the, <laughs> in this arrangement. I'm just happy to be able to do what I do. Well, good. Well, uh, if you want to make a list of items that you might need for us to purchase and or end up with we'll add it to the list i'm sure that hank is making a list of things that we need and hopefully we can try to get them all at one time and make this a legitimate merchant cargo catch-all ship awesome yeah i i have a short list but uh i i do have he, he kind of uh, points to his pack he's like i've been kind of carrying most of my stuff for a while now so uh i should have enough here to get a set up at least well good well i guess i'll Wander on down and, and and take a look at this fuel leak that's happening. Uh, but before you go, are are you okay? You you did get some some kind of rough news there. Yeah, I I handle uh, bad news. It's good news actually. My uncle's not dead; he's still alive as of the recording. So, I uh, I'm I'm looking forward to trying to find him and figure out what's going on. Anything I can do to help out, please let me know. Ah, thank you. I appreciate it. And so I, I leave and go down to uh, engineering. Or I guess, I mean, where the engine is in the ship. I'm <laughs> making it sound like it's 
a, a D-class starship. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, I'm sure there's an engine room. Uh, so yeah, that that's appropriate. <laughs> I walk I walk across the hall to listen, the engine listen, room. Listen, listen, listen. If Cayenne can call a closet a med bay, I can call it <laughs> an engineer. Okay. <laughs> It's only fair. There's this unspoken like rivalry of who has the nicest space, even though they're all crappy. <laughs> well, mine currently smells like fuel, so. Oh, and I imagine chlorofluoro or fluorochloro fuel doesn't smells probably like rotten kale or something. Uh, that sounds about right. So, uh, so yeah, so I go into the engine room, Hank. So I, I know you're you're making a list of stuff we're going to need. What type of money are we looking at? Well, that's going to depend on the exchange rate on the space station. You know, it kind of fluctuates day to day. Um, any idea? <laughs> like, I mean, we're looking at fuel lines. So I would I would say that Hank would uh, probably estimate replacement fuel lines at about, uh, let's say. 50,000 lopsies for, you know, brand new ones. You could probably get used <laughs> parts for cheaper. <laughs> um, and though, I mean, you have other things that you need as well, but those would be the priority, right? So. Right. Gotcha. Well, Captain, uh, best I guess, these are going to cost us about 50,000 lopsies. Yikes. Well, let's see, uh, Let's see what we can find on the space station. Jeez. Let's see, yeah, so then I, I wander back to the cockpit and weep. Weep for my wallet. As you arrive at the cockpit, you get an indicator light on the uh, control panel there that you're coming up on the space station. And uh, you're, getting a, you're getting a hail from the station. Um, I answer it. This is the cautious optimism. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, hello, cautious optimism. We see you. Uh, this is... Falcon 1 Space Station, I see you entering our space. Uh, please state your business. I am uh, on my way to deliver uh, fruits and vegetables to wherever in the heck they told me to deliver them. To place. <laughs> specific place name. <laughs> uh, Crooked Comet. The restaurant was named the Crooked Comet. Gotcha. Okay. I'm here. I'm delivering these fruits and vegetables to the Crooked Comet. Uh, all right. Um, I'm going to clear you for landing on bay two. I'm opening those doors now. Please be aware that Falcon 1 does not have those fancy tractor beams that land you automatically, so you will have to pilot the ship in manually. Thank you, Cautious Thank Optimism. Thank you, Cautious Optimism. Welcome to the station. Welcome to the station. So we're finally at the space station. I'm sure everything will be smooth sailing from here, right? Hi, I'm Joe Hogan, editor of As the Dice Roll. I hope you're enjoying our latest episode of Cautious Optimism. I don't have too much to announce this week. I do want to direct you to DarrenCurtisMusic.com. He's the one who does all of our music. We get it from him, and I think he deserves a shout out. So go support him. Check out his music. Subscribe to his Patreon. Let him know that you listen to him on our show. Also, since we don't have any feedback this week, I want to encourage you all to email us at podcast at asthedicerollcast.com. Or better yet, you can actually leave us a voice message. We want to hear from you. Just click on the link on our website, asthedicerollcast.com. 
tell us your favorite character or your favorite moment or just say hi. We see the listens on Anchor and we see the listens on YouTube, so we know you're out there. We just want to hear from you. Anyway, that's it for me this week. We're keeping it short and sweet this week, so we'll move on to a quick commercial break, and then we'll get back to the crew of Cautious Optimism. We'll see what trouble they can get into on the space station. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games. Star Wars. Comics. Movies. K-pop. Disney Plus. Keanu. Keanu Reeves. New. Or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep, and each other in real time, and we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. So I'd flick off the comms, and then I, I'd say to the ship, y'all might want to sit down, buckle yourselves in. I'm going to have to land this thing manually. And I haven't done that in a little while. All right. I think we're going to need another one of those piloting rolls. All right. Got another eight. All right. Yeah. And you had like a 14 for that. So I do. Yeah. Okay. So you succeed by four. You do an excellent job. You bring the ship in, touchdown. You can't even, you can barely even feel the little bump as you, uh, as the landing legs hit the ground. You feel a little transition as the gravity shifts from the spaceship's artificial gravity to the stations, and uh, the doors close behind you, and you guys have successfully docked. You are now in a basically just a large rectangular room. You're the only ship there. Nobody came down to greet you or anything. This, uh, this is not a high-class space station. Um... I, I think all of you have probably been here before because none of you were natives to um, Falcon uh, Falcon Rock. So I think you all came through this station on your way to the planet. And so you already know that it's not a luxury facility. It's mostly just for cargo transfers. They have some restaurants. There's a, there's a general store there. There's a pub. Um, there's, a, there's a shop where they sell parts for spaceships. Um, and there's some, there's a hotel, there's some living quarters. It's so it's like a, it's like a small city in space, right? Cause there are some people who live there and run the station and the facilities. Um, but it's most of the, most of the station is cargo bays, landing bays, and occupied with the business of ships coming and going, you know, with cargo. So here you are. So... Knowing that we have the little something extra with the cargo, it I can't remember. I need to do a better job of taking notes. Did I have a contact for who I was supposed to let know that I was delivering? Yeah, you're supposed to deliver the goods to the owner of the Crooked Comet. He is a human named Oscar Toft. Right. Okay. And presumably he was also the... Uh, recipient of the hallucinogenics that uh, right. are smuggled aboard. 
and what we, because we had negotiated a price to transport them there. I, before we leave the ship, I want to, I want to, I, I come to uh, where Kyan and Hank are. All right. So, yeah. So let's, let's think about the best approach for this. Technically, we were paid to deliver fruit and vegetables to this restaurant. They think we're not going to check the cargo to see that there's extra hallucinogenic drugs. How do you all feel about just delivering the fruit and, ve- fruit and vegetable and asking that uh, this Oscar Toft pay us extra for the hallucinogenic drugs? Extortion? I mean, if you want to be fancy. Well, I mean, I, it seems only fair when we think we were getting fair trade for fruits and vegetables and turns out we're, you know, committing felony, for lack of a better term. What is this, like, galaxy-wide felony, you know? <laughs> well, within the uh, kind of nation of the League of Planets, these are outlawed everywhere except on the surface of Falcon Rock, so... What do you think, Kyan? He's kind of doing a weird, like, for somebody as big as he is, and with the four arms, his arm, his hands are kind of fidgeting. <laughs> he's got four <laughs> fidgeting hands. Uh, he's like, uh, I don't know. Um, I mean, logically, it makes sense, but like I said before, I'm, I'm, I'm really not in a great position to be getting into trouble. So, you know, I, I, I get that we need the money, but I don't, I don't know that I want to get ourselves in a situation where we're going to get caught with this stuff. Hmm. Before we unload unload the the cargo, I think I would like to go and have a conversation with Mister Toft. Do you? Do you guys? I mean, I assume you guys are going to come with me, but if, but I don't want to do anything that is going to make you feel uncomfortable, Kai. And I would suggest you stay here with the ship while we go do this. But then, if something happens, you're caught with this stuff on the ship. Yeah, no, I, I have no problem going with you. I, I think it probably makes sense. I just, you know, I think we should be as cautious as humanly possible, or as, as personally possible. <laughs> as personally possible, as, as humanoidly as possible. Um, <laughs> and I'll absolutely back your play, Captain Roy. All right. Well, so, um, uh, out of character, what, you say we've been to the space station a bunch or we're familiar with it. What do we know of this, the type of security that the space station has? Okay. Yeah. So there is a, uh, there is a security force on the station. It's kind of divided into two parts. There's a small force that keeps the peace among people on the station. And the larger force is more of a like customs sort of organization that makes sure that nothing inappropriate is being shipped um, or that, uh, you know, nothing's being brought onto the station or to the planet below that could be harmful in any way, that kind of thing. But from what you've been able to tell, neither one is super, you know, cautious. Uh, I think we established in the last episode that they don't have the scanning technology to detect your smuggled goods. Uh, So they would require a visual inspection. And the fact that nobody met you at the station to like, if they, if they wanted to search your ship, they would probably have met you at the docking bay before, you know, you know what I mean? 
So you think you're probably good. All right. Well, let's go. Let's go talk to this tough guy and see if we can arrange for something something better than than what we're getting. Do we do we want to bring weapons? Because I do I do have stuff. Like is that or is that a bad idea? What are, can we can we carry weapons on the space station? Open yeah. yeah. Do we have yeah, our open carry permits? <laughs> no, it's uh, it's a, you're allowed to carry your your weapons on on the station. All right. So, what kind of weapons does everyone have? Um, I have a laser pistol. Uh, I'm a little more old school than that. 357 Magnum. Well, I mean, that'll definitely make a hole. Um, yeah, I have a. Uh, I think I just like a regular laser pistol as well. Pew pew pew. And that's some great folio there. <laughs> Dude, I, I I love it when Beach does it in the new uh, promotional. Pew, 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 pew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, can we capture that and use it for sound effects for all of our I, laser fights? I think we can. It <laughs> would be great. Why do all of your guns sound like BJ? I fire my laser pistol. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> All right, so we're uh, making our way to the Cricket restaurant. Comet. The Cricket Comet. All right. So the station is, you know, it's kind of a circle and uh, with docking bays and ship stuff on the outside. And at the center is a uh, kind of common area where you've got the restaurants, you've got the stores, uh, you've got the hotel. So you guys basically make a straight line towards the center of the station. You see, as you walk, as you're walking to there, um, you see some other people. Uh, there's a, there's a good number of avians, um, the native pl- species from the planet below. Uh, there's humans. You see a, a couple other aliens, you know, imagine the background of a, you know, the cantina in star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. They're funny looking and not all humanoid or whatnot. Um, and since you're all, used to flying in outer space. This is not unusual to you. And you make it to the uh, center of the station, and you do see, laid out in a big circle, uh, we've got the Crooked Comet that you were uh, bringing supplies to. There's another restaurant called Garland's Grub. Um, uh, there's a pub called Arladu. There is an everything and more general store. Uh, there's a temple of the unhatched egg, which seems to be, uh, just avians going in and out of that place. It's some kind of church for their people. Uh, there is a hotel and it doesn't have any fancy name. There's just a sign outside that says hotel. And there is a best parts store that's, uh, sells ship supplies, spaceship supplies, uh, that's about all you see here in the um, center common area. All right. So I make my way to the Crooked Comet. All right. It doesn't. You don't have to get very close before you see a big sign on it that says "closed." Am I interpreting this "closed" as in until dinner time, or "closed" as in forever? It looks like it's uh, in more of a permanent nature. Oh, well, Captain, this is a bit unfortunate. It looks like our destination is no longer rocking and rolling. 
Huh. So what's the, so I think we should try the next restaurant and see what the story is. Okay. So on, on either side of the Crooked Comet, there's Garland's Grub and Arladoo Pub. Which one? I'm in favor of the pub, Captain. Well, let's check. Let's go there and see what we can find out. Oh, I was just thirsty. <laughs> I'm, I am not not thirsty. <laughs> I mean, we 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 haven't yet discuss, discussed the employee handbook and whether alcohol on the ship is allowed. So I have been refraining. Oh, well, that was silly. <laughs> of course, of course, alcohol is allowed. <laughs> All right. So as you enter Arladoo, you uh, see there's a there's a few people here. It's going to be about when you guys left at night on the planet. The space station has a slightly different time zone, I guess. So it's still it's uh, evening ish. So the place is pretty full, actually. A lot of people, various aliens and whatnot, are imbibing, and uh, behind the behind the bar, uh, kind of running the place, uh, is a Bratum woman with pastel pink skin. Would you label her attractive? Um, yeah. Uh, she is attractive. For her species, she's attractive. Now, the Bratum... That's all that matters. Okay. <laughs> look, look, I've neglected these disadvantages. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do, I'm trying to work them because <laughs> I want to be okay. fair. I would like to sidle up to the bar, flash my greatest southern smile. Howdy, barkeep. How you doing? Uh, hello. I'm I'm doing just fine, sir. Um, are you with the party that just came in? Well, of course I am. I uh, I noticed there's a Matorb in your in your group. What's uh, what's his story? Ah, uh, he's the greatest forearm doctor I've ever met. Put kind of stitched he, my heart back together. Did he did he really? He's a he's a doctor? Saved my life. Yes, ma'am. Oh. Uh, that's that's odd. You, so he's he's a friend of yours. Ah, uh, co worker. Co worker. Okay, okay. What kind of business are you in? Uh, we we've got a ship. We are, matter of fact, uh, little parts. Can I start with something to drink? Is that is that okay? I mean, oh yeah. Um, here. You know what? I'm in a I'm in a good mood, and I like your smile, sir. Thank you. you. Know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you one on the house. Here's a uh, gorble blaster. What is a gorble blaster? It is green, and it's got a lot of, like, smoke coming off of it. Steam, smoke, something. Uh, and you have never had one before. This kind of, barkeep, this kind of reminds me of the old boiler, the old flaming boiling maker. Some of them called them Dr. Peppers back in the day. Uh, cheers. I would like to gently taste this thing to see if it's going to kill me. All right. Uh it's definitely alcohol, and uh, it has a it has kind of a, a pleasant sweet taste to it um, when you first drink it. But what's interesting is that after you swallow, the taste in your mouth slowly turns sour, 
and it kind of leaves you craving another sip to get the sour taste to go away. Uh-oh. I, I assume I'm going to be mentally urged to take more of this drink, and I will take a healthy drink of it. All right. And when you do that, again, it tastes it tastes really good. It's very sweet and, and tasty, and again, very alcohol-filled, of course. And uh, after you swallow even stronger this time, the sourness returns and the urge to take another drink is is back. Crap. I'm going to have to finish it just to, just to continue the conversation then, it seems. <laughs> all right. And it uh, all the way to the last drop, I'm looking in the bottom for more. And she says, well, you must have really liked it. Uh, now, I can get you a second one. I will have to charge you for, you know, the first one's free. Uh, your next, uh, next glass will be five buck or five lopsies, sir. I was, I, 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 uh, and he slides her 10 lopsies. Go ahead and give me two. Oh, excellent. She brings out, uh, two brand new ones. And as she sets them down, she says, you know, I'd really like to talk to your Matorb friend. If you don't mind, would you, would, could you call him over maybe? Hey, hey, Kayan. This this beautiful young lady here would like to speak with you. Um, he he walks up to the bar, but you guys can tell that he has stiffened greatly and is like his arms are crossed. He does not have a friendly demeanor, and he walks up to the bar and kind of leans down against it. Here, taste this. Slides him one of the drinks. Uh, he <laughs> he tastes it. <laughs> Um, and his eyes kind of he does, don't leave uh, the the Bertam bartender. She looks you over and she says, well, you're an awful long ways from home, aren't you? Uh, he nods and says, yes, yes, ma'am, I am. Do you have a hard time fitting in out here among the stars? It seems like you might be more comfortable back home, don't you think? No, ma'am, I would not. I think the the moons of Gorix are really where people like you belong, don't you think? And I think I am going to take my leave of this establishment for right now. Thank you very much. And he I, starts to wander away. I, I know some people who could bring you back. Uh, he just kind of waves... Uh, like behind him as he as he walks out, he says, uh, "I will be waiting outside." Oh, shame your friend is such a stick in the mud. That one's had a rough one. Uh, yeah. Never accepted yeah. anywhere. Um, so he would be accepted on the moons of Gorix. I really think you should encourage him to go back. Go go back home. I will take it under advisement. Um, what can you tell us about the former establishment next door? Anything? Oh, the comet. Yeah, we were supposed to bring them some vegetables, and, well, they don't look like they need them anymore. Uh, oh, is that why you're here? Is that why your ship came here, to bring them, bring them supplies? Yes, ma'am. Well, that's unfortunate. Uh, it seems the proprietor, uh, Mr. Oscar Toft, he, well, he, uh, he killed a man.
next time on Cautious Optimism. The Bratum had enslaved the Matorb, but as far as you know, they freed the Matorb and made them full citizens in order to join the League of Planets. So Oscar Toft has hired my uncle's attorney to represent him and offering through him to pay us 10,000 lopsies to investigate the murder of Sam Silmanson. You all need to know I didn't kill anybody. You've been listening to As the Dice Roll. The As the Dice Roll intro music is The Soap Opera by James Bowers. You can find and license his music through Pond5 at Pond5.com. All the rest of the music in this episode is by Darren Curtis and can be found at DarrenCurtisMusic.com. The opening voiceover is by our very own Rob Sometimes. You can find his podcast at ComicBox.Libsyn.com. And the As the Dice Roll logo was created by Marcel Edwards. Check out her book, No Great Matter, at MSEdwards.com. As the Dice Roll is a proud member of the geek to geek Media Network. Check out other geek to geek shows, streams, and content at geek to geek mediacom If you'd like to contact the show, you can send an email to podcast at asthedicerollcast.com. Individual players and GMs, social media can be found on our website at asthedicerollcast.com. 